on in, slam and welcome to the jam, y'all. That's not remotely uh, how the song Is that not goes. related? Come on in, slam. And welcome to an anime about Japan's, or oh. a, a podcast about Japan's animation. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I fucked it up, but... That was better than <laughs> anything I had planned. Uh, welcome back to Why Do People Like Anime? I'm your host, Julie, and John is I'm also your host, host, John. We're here hosting it together. Um, what's up? Not much. Uh, yeah, just chilling. Yeah? We've got a new setup yeah, we're in the living room now. We're, we're really changing it up. We Hopefully, were... it helps with the audio. I've got a very elaborate. <laughs> yeah, Julie. Uh, Julie set up a really uh, pretty extensive recording setup with uh, a lot of different, you know, sound blockers like pillows and big blanket. So yeah, hopefully this week. I mean, I don't know. I think I think the I think it sounds good. Every I know. Week. I'm just trying to like step it up a little bit every time. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I this is a this was a hack that I saw online to to help with audio quality. Seeing as we can't build out our sound room, the only person who's like complained about the audio quality to me is Derek. Yeah, who's, and he, who's, he, who's he, like a radio, like he's like an engineer basically yeah. for sound. So he doesn't fucking count. What do you mean? It's like it's if like if anything, his opinion should matter the most. It's like it's like if you're like a if you're like playing pickup basketball with your friends and you're like the high scorer or whatever, and Michael Jordan walks in, and he's like, "Actually, you're not fucking shooting right, you scrub." Yeah. And it's like, "Fuck you, dude. I'm just trying to have fun." Okay, fair but, enough. But no, I mean, I, I appreciate uh, you you wanting to, you know. I'm I'm just trying to minimize the room. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to complain. Listen, okay. you're you're uh, engineering on R and D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, th- this week, uh, oh, maybe just a little housekeeping. I'm trying to think, uh, last, last week or the week before, we got an email with a video from someone. Yeah. And I was just kind of, like, thinking of maybe some way that we can, like, share stuff with people that listen to the podcast, and I just wanted to put it out there, like, if, if we either started a Discord or if there's something. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to make, well, I can always, I can put it in, like, the show notes for the episode, so, like, yeah. if you go to, like, the, you know, the Spotify page or whatever, I'll put in, like, the video title and then a link to it. I'd also like to just make, like, an Instagram, just for, Yeah, like, maybe an Instagram would be a good shit. place to start. Yeah. So, hopefully, something like that should be coming up the pipe. Down the pipe? Down the hatch. Down the stream. <laughs> down the stream. We're up, upstream. Upstream and downriver. <laughs> That's kind of... Do you have anything else? No. Before we get into it? Because, I I mean, this one's going to be a hard one to talk about. This one's going to be a very abstract episode, I think. Definitely very interesting, and I will probably go off on little tangents. Because it's it's all about things that we're really interested in, like the internet and yeah, this is very I think interconnectivity. This, is, this episode very much sort of hit, I think, like our our Venn diagram of interests. I totally, think. you know what I mean. So I, but yeah, should we just get into it? Yeah. So this week we or wait, watched. Uh, you want to talk about the the video or no? I, it's one of those things that uh, I wish I could share with other people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, well, uh, I will say I did watch the whole two-part video on Girls Zoom Panzer that uh, one of our listeners sent to us, and I think we were wrong about tanks that can go fast because all of the tanks in Girls Zoom Panzer don't like max me speed is like thirteen miles an hour. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So okay. they they're like flying and drifting and yeah. And I think I was like, yeah, tanks can go pretty fast in that episode. That makes nope. sense. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, we don't. Not holy shit! Tanks. Mask of the Phantasms on net. All right, sorry, sorry. I'm getting, getting distracted by the Netflix screensaver, uh, the Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I mean, I've I've seen that already. I don't know why I'm excited. This hey, week, you're excited because you like Batman. I like. I'm a I'm a big badhead. <laughs> Part of the badhead clan. I'm a manhead dude. <laughs> Just a head for for man, man. All right, all right. Uh, this week, this week we watched. Serial Experiments Lane. Which, where, uh, so who recommended this to you? Or what? how'd you hear about it? Uh, so I, I think I've, it's sort of been like, a, I've been aware of it for a bit. Um, it was recommended to me specifically by a friend of the pod and fraternity brother, uh, Brian Sage Kwan. And it was also uh, uh, sort of further recommended by... Government name. Yeah, government name Brian Sage. I don't even, I think his name's just Brian Kwan, but I think his Facebook <laughs> name was Brian Sage Kwan for a while. So I just, I, I only call him Brian Sage Kwan. 
Nice. I mean, like that's that's a yeah. Shout out. Um, so he recommended it, and I think uh, I mentioned it to Jonathan, friend of the pod. Yeah, he recommended. it. Yeah, and it. he was like, he was like, yeah, you you would totally like it. The, the, you told me that a lot of people said this was a very John anime. That was yeah, and yeah. So everyone else I I asked about it just said it was like yeah, like it would be a very John anime, and I think it was. It, it was definitely a. It's what this is one of those like things where it's just you know. The plot matters to some extent, but the show is sort of very much kind of about everything around the plot, I think. Yeah, I don't think this is everyone's anime. Like the, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of like the, like an abridged description of it is, is a young sort of disassociated girl learns about the internet <laughs> and chaos ensues. Well, let's, let's try to break it down. Let's try to break it down. She, the the synopsis is she finds out her friend has committed suicide. Oh, yeah. And the friend that has died uh, sends her a message, right, um, on The Wired, which is, I mean, I, th- I feel like it's just... I think it's just the internet. For yeah. the internet. I think maybe it's trying to be a little more, like, a more abstract version of the internet, but in essentially it's, like, you go on, you can talk to people. And so she receives messages from her dead friend from The Wired, and, and it's, like, piques her interest in The Wired. Um, and this is Lane, the main character. Yep. She uh, has her dad help build out her Navi, which is the computer, and she, she sort of, like, deep dives into it from there. And there's all these, like, kind of weird abstract things that happen that may, might be real, might be in the wire. Yeah, there's sort of, very unclear. <laughs> there's a lot of like one-off episodes where, you know, she, some episodes like she sort of like sees ghosts and like sort of intersects with like people's memories and stuff. And, right. And she's always sort of being watched over by this mysterious group called uh, the Knights. The Knights of Calculus who sort of want to keep an eye on her and are sort of like aware of, um, but I mean, I think the big, the big thing, uh, Sort of to note about, you know, Lane's kind of exploration of the wired is that, you know, when she talks to people at her school and sort of in her social circle, uh, they start to tell her that, wow, you're way different than when you were on the wired. Mm, right. Um, and everyone's, everyone starts pointing to that, you know, it's, it's like she's two different people. There's Lane in the real world and sort of, you know, in school. Mm-hmm. And then there's Lane in the wired who is supposed to be really aggressive and really kind of. She's like outspoken. She's like kind of a badass. She's kind of a polar opposite to like this quiet, meek. <laughs> right. Which, uh, which, no friends. <laughs> which the Lane in the present world can't really understand because she, you know, she's like, I've never been in the wired. Like, I don't right. know what you're talking about. But the, as the show goes on, um, you know, there's I think something the show does well is it's sort of uh, the her her computer setup is so sort of complex and, and kind of like omnipresent as like the show goes on. Like she keeps adding different monitors and like different screens and like coolants and all kinds of stuff to it. So it just becomes like this. It takes over her whole room. Yeah, it's, just, it's I mean, it's this huge presence in the room, which, you know, I think obviously reflects sort of uh, her power and maybe presence in the Wired. It, you know, I mean, the show goes on and she sort of gains powers, basically. But, you know, I mean, aside from, you know, just the straight synopsis, the show is really about, I think, uh, I would say identity and, and digital worlds, especially because, like, the show came out, I think, 97, 98. Did this come out before or after? Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I think after. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so I mean, it felt sort of like visually similar to some of the stuff yeah, Ghost in the Shell. I, I think the I think the show is sort of poking at like the similar themes and like some of the same through lines you sort of see in Ghost in the Shell and then even Galleon, but just totally kind of centered on like what the internet means for us as like people in in a psychic sense and like in a physical sense and that kind of thing. Hmm. So yeah, I I would say the show is really just about you know, sort of identities. And it's, I think it's, you know, this is, this is very much, I think like a quaint kind of view of the internet, which is like, you know, I think in the, in the eighties and nineties, you had all of like the cyberpunk literature and you had all these different cyberpunk movies, you know, sort of with the, with the central conceit being like, I'm John in this world, but Mm. online, I'm John X killer where I am a super vampire hunter and blah, blah, blah. Like this, this this idea that like, you know, you can log into a a virtual space or the internet basically, and you can live an entirely different life. Right. 
You can you can be <laughs> Are someone. Are you paying attention, Sword Art Online? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, that's something I want to bring up. You know, like, so, like, you know, this this early '90s view. I think you know, it's it's also you know, you, you read stuff like um, you know, like in in high school, like in middle school and high school, I loved uh, the book Snow Crash and then Neuromancer, which are sort of like the two like uh, mm-hmm. those are like the two sort of like big texts I think for like cyberpunk literature. Mm-hmm. Um, Snow Crash, I think, directly kind of that was like a big inspiration I think for Second Life, and they sort of pull a lot of their ideas directly from like that virtual world and then you know i think neuromancer like pretty directly inspired the matrix because their virtual world was like william gibson's virtual world was called the matrix if i recall and then matrix is obviously the matrix but you know so you have this as sort of your center idea of identity and stuff in the 90s as a release of virtual world but i think i don't think that ever really came true you mean in like the world that we live in well i think it sort of did but i I think it it came true in a a very different way in the sense that we we sort of live different world like different lives on social media and and the internet but they're they're not like the the transformational kind of life that i think cyberpunk literature Mm. and culture kind of purported or or sort of predicted it's sort of this like it's this different kind of curated life so it kind of it kind of got me thinking about sword art online and sort of how that reflects yeah i think originally i was kind of annoyed that all the characters there's that section in the beginning where everyone has like a different avatar than what they look like in real life. And then suddenly they become, you know, just what they look like in, in real life. But I feel like that's a little more true to how we sort of present ourselves online today rather than, you know, in the nineties. And then even like the two thousands with dot hack, where I think that was still a very present kind of theme. And we were, when we were sort of thinking about the internet, you know, especially as it came to MMOs where, you know, you, you, it's a complete transformation of self. You sort of become someone else when you're playing an MMO, whether it's, you know, a World of Warcraft kind of thing or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the early MMOs like Anarchy Online where it's very kind of cyberpunk influence and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, I think the show really just kind of hit me because it's, you know, I'm really interested in those themes. And it's it's kind of interesting how, like, I, I think that those those feel a little quaint now, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, no, the, going off of that, this show does touch on, like, some kind of interesting things because Lane is literally presented as kind of two people like even at the end she is literally like two people yeah and it's sort of like you can tell by the facial expression that (laughs) which one you wouldn't want to see at the end of a dark alley (laughs) right but I, I think the interesting part that got me thinking is like even when you're not online you're still online yeah. Like, you still exist to people online. And I think there's some line in the show about uh, something to do with memory. Like, if you're, if no one remembers you, do you even exist, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people are trying to capture with, like, social media and the internet right now is, like, to get as close as possible to some form of immortality, like, through, <laughs> like, capturing your life online. And I think the the other interesting part is uh towards the beginning the creep it's it's a little creepy this show, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that was probably the most surprising the, part of the show for me. The first episode, the dead girl is like messaging her and is like, "Oh god is here." And both me <laughs> me and you were like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god." <laughs> It got me thinking a little bit about like when when people die and their Facebook profile becomes like a memorial for them yeah. that they like still kind of exist there. <laughs> right. Uh, I think I think it's sort of playing on that, and it's sort of implied that dead there are dead people in the Wired, sort of like that you don't need. They're they're trying to convince the knights and all these like internet people are trying to convince Lane that she doesn't need her body. Yeah. to exist. So I think this the show definitely plays a lot on religion. I was getting Jesus vibes the whole time. I mean, and if you're getting like frustrated about what the story is, uh, I would say yeah. Yeah, you're no, I <laughs> same. Mean, I I would say like this is probably way more abstract than even even Galleon. This has a little bit of like art school vibes <laughs> if I'm just being really brutal. Like it, you feel like it was like a school project. It, like it, it is very like kind of hard to follow, but I think that it's meant to be. It's I think it's purposefully vague. I think it's a little messy. Like I think it's. I think it's playing off the idea of like whatever you perceive as reality. Because like this show could be about aliens or religion or you know just purely like maybe she's like got two personalities or she's a program like i feel like you can argue whatever you want for this show because it's got so many loose ends 
I feel like it's both like really kind of open ended, but also like very simple and just that. I mean, I don't I don't know if I want to spoil or anything, but it's basically just like this this girl sort of becomes more entrenched in the online space and her online self sort of becomes sort of more powerful as as time goes on and she you know extends her power in pretty uh world-changing ways meet somebody who sort of architected that to happen Mm -hmm. to some degree sort of fights back against that person and kind of rebirths the world yeah that that, yeah that's the show yeah i mean the the elevator pitch for the show that's that's where the elevator i mean and that's like a very simple like sort of version of the show just on because I think like even Galleon, the show is sort of more than the plot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really I really do like the plot in this. I think it is it is really interesting, and I think that it's told in really interesting ways. I think, like, the, the fucking thing I really like about, I think, the 90s anime we've been watching specifically, um, I guess this and even Galleon, is that, I mean, just aside from, like, traditional, like, how the plot's being told, it's so experimental just in the presentation of the animation. So it incorporates a lot of... And I, I'm assuming, like, you know... When they did this, they were just like, all right, well, fucking Ava did it. Like, why can't we in the sense of, you know, interjecting uh, real life footage and then like photography of real things that happened. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because I deep dived on some of that stuff. So there's this episode where it just it's like uh, splicing in sort of like real life events. And here, wait, I wrote I wrote some of them down. I feel like some of them were more important than others. Like they're sort of like the beginning of the internet and like the memex machines and uh what's his name ted long or something like that wait yeah let me grab it who has a youtube channel uh if if you're looking for uh no ted nelson uh who created hypertext so this is like the the dawn like in the beginning of the internet the idea was like you could literally see a visual connection uh from text that you're typing or reading in like what the source of that text is like literally on the screen yeah it's really interesting if you want to look into it uh so yeah they talked about mj12 which is like you know the roswell incident aliens i didn't go down that rabbit hole could you talk a little bit about how sort of this episode presents all of this yeah it's interjected like history notes like i think there was literally like a picture of ted nelson in this episode yeah it's sort of it feels a little bit like a history channel documentary or something like that yeah i agree with that but the the bit that i kind of grabbed onto was they started talking about this thing called schumann resonance and this it's this i this theory scientific theory that the earth is emitting a frequency basically like you know how like when you blow on a bottle and it makes a noise it's like anything that has like a like lock to it. It's it's like bound by something. Can like emits frequency. So like the Earth is emitting like seven point eight two hertz or something at all times. And recently, yeah, I, I deep dived on this. No, yeah, no. <laughs> recently, the Schumann resonance has gone way up. But so in this show, the it's it's sort of there's like hippy dippy stuff to it where people think that because of electronics, because of computers and phones and and all of and like telephone wires which is another like big visual element of the show that it's that's like interrupting the natural earth frequency. Like I think that when there's like a scene when Lane you can like hear buzzing from the telephone wires and you hear Lane just go like stop. <laughs> she just like yells like stop yeah, she like becomes, shut up. She becomes acutely aware of sort of the the frequencies that these things have like Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like a little like like if you want to find it like i did all this this looking into the schumann resonance and like what it means for the world and and i think they sort of incorporate it but it is like if you know you know <laughs> yeah it's all like really yeah i was i was sort of blown away so yeah so this episode just like interjects like basically what feels like a kind of like a documentary and like these different early figures of 
like the internet and stuff. And it really kind of, I think, highlights sort of, uh, I think the early days of the internet when that was, you know, when it was really coming into prominence and how it sort of, it kind of bled into like that, the psychic world and, you know, philosophers really thinking about like what, what effect this is going to have on us as, as like a people and like mm-hmm. the very spiritual sense, you know? Oh, so another thing. They, they mentioned in in that episode, I think, that the Earth has 50, mil, like 50 million people in it. Yeah. And it's like the Schumann resonance, and then they like switch over to Earth consciousness, which is another like rabbit hole that you can go down on YouTube of people talking about uh, trying to gain this like collective Earth consciousness. It's kind of like the singularity or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I would say completely. Um, sort of like... Not necessarily humans merging with machines and AI being so intelligent or whatever, but that, like, we won't need, like, we'll, we'll have the awareness to communicate with each other and, and function with each other in order to make this, like, Earth consciousness, which I think is kind of what they were trying to do with, like, the wired... And they were trying to get the wired and the real world to sort of mesh. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of... That's entirely, I think, like, the uh, motivations behind, like, the villain of the show. Yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this guy, Masami, who was, he he was, like, a scientist at, you know, one of the main computer companies and then basically, like, moved his his entire consciousness into the Wired, Mm. sort of killing himself in the process just so he can totally exist in the the Wired. And he wants to use Lane in order to sort of awaken that Earth conscious, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. In a virtual sense, you know, bringing everybody together in, like, this singular... Yeah, it's like, oh, there's 50 million people on the planet, and there's, like, 50 million there's a lot more than 50 million people in, the in your brain. So, yeah, so in theory, like, the Earth should function as, like, a giant planet, since we're... Or the Earth should function as a giant brain, is what I mean to say. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. It's... It's, uh... <laughs> it's fucking weird. I mean, it's certainly ideas about the internet I don't think we ever really consider anymore. Just, uh, I, I think that, you know, the internet is just so a part of our daily lives now that we it's hard to think about it in any sort of big sense most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really just crazy how much media was just about the ramifications of, like, the internet and, and just having a virtual, like, body and self and, and everything. The virtual body and the virtual self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a funny, it's a funny, like, uh, aside, though, but, uh... My favorite musician, uh, Porter Robinson, has a project called Virtual Self, and he used a bunch of... He remixed, like, the, the main theme of the show. You loved the theme of this show. I, this, yeah, <laughs> the theme of this show is, like, my favorite. And then I I, I realized that uh, Virtual Self remixed it into a, uh, you know, like, a more... Like, an electronic version of it, and for the live show, used a bunch of clips from, like, the intro as, as like, the visuals behind it. Yeah. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. Yeah, everything is connected. <laughs> Just like the show says, everything is connected. Yeah, present he, he, day, present, present time. time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's some parts of the show that I just, like, I was having a hard time. I was having a really hard time following yeah, the I cert- early episodes. I, I really don't think I can do, like, I don't think I could do the show justice and sort of relaying everything that happens just because, mm-hmm. yeah, no, like, I was I was certainly lost and there was a lot of stuff that it was it was sort of hard to place. It's um, flying right over my head. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, one episode where it just went totally, like, there was some guy on the run who connected himself to the internet and sort of, like, a backpack, like, VR function. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of existing in the world and out of the world. And I think he was murdering people, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then Lane eventually stops him, and but even that episode is just sort of very like you know like what are we what are we talking about or like what are we doing? What's the point? Yeah. What's like we're having a hard time figuring out what the plot is like it's, at that this point. This isn't like a this is a bad phone anime. Like it's a bad like anime to watch if you're like a constant phone checker, right? Which I mean I fucking am. Yeah, and I definitely like miss portions of it and I had to kind of reacclimate myself try to piece it back together yeah. but the thing is like if you miss some stuff it's like are, are you really missing something yeah I mean it's it sort of it's okay I, I think it's okay to miss plot elements for the most part just because you, you can kind of I mean you can you can just make your own interpretation it's not as like uh it's not as linear a story as a lot of other anime but yeah, but like I said, I think it's meant to be vague. Like, I don't think they give you all the answers just because it's playing off this, like, idea of, like, if 
a tree falls in the woods, like, does it make a sound? Like, if, if no one's, if you're perceiving something, one, like, do you, you have to be there to perceive it. Yeah. For it to exist. <laughs> right. So us talking about this show that you literally have to put your own, like, I, I don't know, it's not like giving you the whole story. Like, I feel like you have to bring something to it or or look into deeper meaning behind it or something. It really, I think it gives you a lot of different paths to kind of go and do your own research or discovery, so to say. Like, and it's like, uh, you know, we went into this blind, but I think we both did a little bit of reading and kind of digging afterwards just because if we if we just went on pure experience i think it's not a light anime <laughs> it's not it's really not a light anime and you really it, it really is kind of it's pretty dense and it's really heavy and you kind of have to you know sort of sort of really dig into it but i mean like i'm i guess like just the very basics of the show like i, I thought it was very i thought the look of it was really amazing i think that this show uh you know, we sort of talked about previous episodes, how some shows really distort the way characters look into these sort of, like, figures that just look inhuman or look, like, way too pretty or whatever. I feel like, so far, the characters in, in Lane were, like, the most realistic-looking people in an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the eyes of everyone in this show convey more emotion than... I think any other animation I've seen, um, whoever, like, whatever the animation team on the show was, I think they are able to convey, you know, fear or curiosity or menace through, you know, just the, the way the character's eyes look in really kind of, like, you know, unpredictable ways. There's, there's a part where Lane starts, you know, her face looks, like, really disturbing, sort of as, like, the other Lane or, like, the, the wired Lane, mm-hmm. and it's really... And it's, like, I, I can't even... I don't know how to describe the way her face kind of... It doesn't distort or anything, but it's it's just kind of twisted in a way that isn't isn't sort of like the the cliche like scary face someone makes or whatever. It's it's a very her face becomes like really unnerving at a certain point, and you know I don't know like you, you touched on it a little bit, but like there's it, the show is is very kind of unsettling and very kind of scary. You know I think as beyond just sort of the show making you know parallels to sort of spirituality and, and kind of the greater sense of that, I think it also makes a lot of parallels to the uh, the supernatural and sort of, you know, I think now we sort of call it like the idea of like a digital ghost or like what you leave behind when you die and everything. And I think that, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with the conversations around the internet at in the nineties, like on a deep sense, but I don't, I, in the sense, in the, and I, and I say that to me, like, I don't know if, if the, if the idea of a digital ghost was like a common, common thought or like a common thing, but I think that you weren't browsing the forums. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that's, I, I guess just to finish like my thought, like, you know, the show brings up like the, the supernatural elements of like, what if like a, a your digital ghost was an actual ghost in some sense. Right. And, I think Lane sort of encounters that. But to your point, like the idea of forms and stuff, you know, I, I think that I'm sure that had to be a question, you know, in the in the early uses of uh, message boards and bulletin boards and, and BBSs and, you know, for people communicating online, you know, I mean, you're I think when you're in a, involved in an Internet community, eventually, you know, whether you speak to this person or post with them or not, like you you run into someone who eventually dies and you know, they're sort of left behind in this community and it's sort of, you know, I mean, even, even just posting on forums, it's like, you know, people inevitably stop posting or whatever. So it's like, Mm. you know, it leads you to think like, well, what happened to this person? Like, did they die? Like, did they just stop caring about whatever this forum's about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear about the, there was like an art project. I don't know what you would call it. Like a, it was like an event performance art maybe. And it was like a second life funeral. And it was, the idea was like, this guy had like created this community. I actually don't know if it was a guy or a girl. They like made this community in like second life and they like had all these friends in second life yeah. they decided that they were going to like delete it and so they had a funeral and then he like deleted his second life i think it was a guy <laughs> yeah um and th- th- it was like a whole event i'll have to look it up and maybe share it somewhere <laughs> yeah i'd be interested to see that um... it, it, it was sort of like this this idea of like it's still sad because you you don't exist in this place anymore like even if you continue to exist somewhere else you know yeah no definitely yeah it, it's really intersecting and leaving online communities whether it's intentional or not is always a very like strange thing yeah i do think that was like the saddest part of this show is can we get into spoilers yeah okay all right so this is a big spoiler 
Uh, Lane, like, erases herself from everyone's memory and conclusion yeah. for the show, and it, it's, uh, it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, they keep, like, playing on this idea that, like, if no one remembers you, then did you even exist? And I think that, like, that just, like, hit me so hard in unexpected ways, like, because, like, that's, like, what everybody wants, is, like, as long as somebody remembers me, like, then I'll, that's, like, a worthwhile life or something like that. Um, Or people want to do things so that they're worth remembering, right? Yeah. (laughs) Through whatever. Yeah, and then through Wayne's sort of omnipotent power, she just erases herself from everyone's memory and perception. Yeah. But then she, like, sort of exists in the end where she's, still a girl and i think that she runs into one of her friends from school alice i feel like and but alice has grown up i yeah. think it was alice yeah it was alice um and, and alice can't quite place like how she knows this little girl but yeah yeah it's really it's really sad she's like who have are you like one of my students <laughs> yeah and lane's like you know just l- looking at her <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you know i i think lane is just really lonely throughout this whole show here's here's my actual deep da- deep uh yeah deep take on this is that lane is god and and i think she wanted to i mean it's kind of like like jesus or something like that right where it's like i'm gonna put myself into the world you know and it doesn't work out yeah just kind of like it didn't work out for jesus (laughs) different different ways though and you know the only way to because at the end she's like talking to herself her other version of herself, and she's like, we could do it again. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we could just play it all over again if you want. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, we can we can do this on a loop if you want. Yeah. Made me think about video games a little bit, too. Well, my deep dive was that she reaches godhood in an Eastern religion sense, and she, re- she reaches enlightenment. Ooh. Like the Buddha. Like the Buddha. I mean, no, I Sick. no, I think I think I I sort of came to yeah, that was sort of the conclusion I kind of came to in, in that, or or but rather that she sort of her her beginning state in the show is as a human, and then sort of as she continues through the wire, she starts to reach like whatever the digital form of enlightenment is, sort of crossing the barrier between reality and uh, the virtual and sort of seeing that they are the same and sort of gain some kind of uh, ultimate power over both of those things and is able to affect people both in the real world and, you know, the the wired. And, and in that sense is able to have an effect like both, both being able to erase herself in a digital sense and then also in a reality. And I feel like, I think it is a very kind of religious thing and, you know, whether it's, you know, reaching like ultimate nirvana or enlightenment and, you know, the way that the Buddha did or whatever. Or <laughs> or just or es- sel- or escaping the, earth consciousness. <laughs> escaping earth consciousness or, you know, the self-sacrifice for the greater good of everybody, I think. I, I think it's very intentional that it wants to reference sort of all these different yeah. ideas of religion and stuff. Yeah. What do you, what did you think of um, her dad showing back up at the end? Like, did you? What did you think that was? <laughs> so, just to just to recap, so her dad sort of uh, her dad helps her kind of start her computer collection or like set it basically, yeah. and then um, as the show goes on, uh, he he I think he gives her like a really he like warns her that uh, what the something to do with the wired being. Not the real world, right? That, the, that they're yeah, separate. That they're separate, and not to get them confused. Which, yeah. which I think later is sort of it was kind of like the opposite effect, I th- where that you know both of them are sort of connected, and I think that had to do with sort of the uh, the two different groups that were kind of fighting each other in the show. There was the mm-hmm. the Knights of Calculus, and then there was a uh, uh, Protocol Seven. I think they, yeah, like like I said, like the I'm sort of it's hard for me to sort of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just Remember don't. I just don't know. But like, if I, I'll believe you if you one, say that. <laughs> one group wants to keep them very separate, and I think one group wants to uh, merge, merge every everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think what what does the dad even like say at the end? Like the dad reappears and tells her that she's an application, basically, right? Her dad. I mean, I think she finds out that her family is not connected, like that they're like not real. Yeah. Um. And so when her dad shows up, he basically shows up to be like, "I'm leaving," and I think it's like something to do with him going to the wired. So like, I think he kills himself. Yeah. But I don't. I, I don't think. I, I think it's implied that Lane was like implanted in these. P- actual real life people's memories right 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it was it was hard for me to like get a read on that, other than just kind of reflect, like, sort of as a as a counterpoint to his first appearance and sort of warning her. Now he's sort of uh, now he's kind of going against it, like some kind of uh, some kind of like Willy Wonka sort of parable or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I I kind of thought it could be either like he had a bigger hand in it than we thought, or I think there's certainly a sinister character. I think he was certainly uh, maybe an architect of a lot of the things that happened. Because they're know? they're sitting on the couch, him and Lane's dad and mom are sitting on the couch, and it's almost like they know what's about to happen. Yeah, because they say something like, "Well." Like, they're basically like, let's bone one more time before we disappear or whatever. Yeah, before we hit the singularity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, when when Dad shows up at the end, I'm like, he kind of knew something was going on. So, like, maybe he still kind of remembers what the Wired is and he's, like, still going to visit her. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, what I saw. Huh. And that's, like, the whole point of, like, the internet and, like, the Wired or whatever. Yeah. Is, like... To be closer to people <laughs> right. that you can't be physically close with. But I also thought it could be like Lane created him there to be company because it's like the to one the one better. comforting thing that she has, you know? Yeah. Even, Maybe... even if it's fake, it's still real because she made it. You know, like that sort of plays off of it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't even think they had like a great relationship, really. No, but it's, it's still... I think she, when she realized her parents weren't her parents, it kind of broke her brain a little bit. Yeah, she definitely sent her down the spiral of uh, sort of diving deeper into the wire and everything. Because everyone wants to have a close relationship. Like, not even a close relationship. They just feel connected to their parents. <laughs> yeah. Because they're their parents. I can't talk shit about my parents on the podcast anymore because apparently my dad listens. What's up, uh, Hill family? <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hey, Dad. <laughs> my, my mom just discovered we have a podcast. Hey, though, Dad. So. Hey, Mom. <laughs> so I'll... Uh, everyone feels connected to their parents. <laughs> yeah. Everyone feels connected to their parents. Yeah. Um, um, uh, do, can we talk a little bit about her sister then, too? Yeah. Cause I'm still kind of confused as to like the role her sister plays, other than there's there's a couple sort of side episodes where her sister's involved, but it's it's very uh Her sister has like a really un unresolved character arc because she's sort of a background character and then all of a sudden she's she's like encountered Lane in like the crosswalk area like a big crossing area and like they see Lane in the sky and then when she goes home she sees like a like a, a digital ghost. <laughs> yeah. And then her brain literally breaks because all she can say is like ah ba 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 ba. Right. And that's it. It's like she shows up again as like just this like creepy figure that's still in the house, but like I still have she, a like, hard time. She like crystallizes into like like nothingness almost. I think it's that like her wired self got like like her and her wired self like split and and crossed paths or something. Yeah, like, I think don't cross the streams, you know, like <laughs> I think I think she's sort of like the an- antithesis of Lane where Lane's able to reach Nirvana and you she's, know. she like glitched basically. Yeah, she glitched and sort of uh it, it life ends kind of very violently for her where she's sort of I think she sees a lot of like violent visions and stuff like that, and is sort of stuck in between these worlds. And it's sort of it's like the it's like the opposite. It's like damnation. <laughs> it's like it's Aud- literally damnation. It's like versus... Audrey in uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, you're like, where is she? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she like she suffers damnation, whereas Lane kind of uh, is able to enjoy like the pleasures of power or afterlife or whatever yeah that's a good read on it i guess yeah Man. and it's like not fair because like the the sister sister's pretty normal and is like uh it's like a good person i think or at least like isn't just trying to live like a regular ass life i i think she's like a non-person like she doesn't have a lot of like really distinctive characteristics except that she's just like older kind of a teen going over to her boyfriend's house or whatever but she has like her she has her own like She's not, I don't think she's that one note. I think she at least has like a personality. I, I just feel like, I feel like most of the characters in the show are overly antagonistic. That she was sort of, uh, she was a little bit of a, a kind of respite from all that. Because Lane's school friends, all they're all like, uh, I feel like sort of in the beginning, they're all like kind of different shades of like bullying almost. Yeah. And that like. 
It's like the shade of bullying that's like t- like trying to sabotage you in some way, but like being your fake friend to mm. like outward like sort of dismissing you as a person to like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've you've experienced that where like someone quote unquote like wants to be your friend, but you feel like it's just to humiliate you in some way. Yeah, or the, yeah, they like invite her to the nightclub and they're like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> yeah, like just sort of to embarrass her almost. Like, I told you that cool girl at the nightclub wasn't Lane. Yeah. She's wearing these dumb boots or whatever. Right. In her winter coat. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the nightclub's called Siberia, like, but with, uh, with a C, like, cyber. Yeah. Which is a, it's a nice touch. I like the, uh, I like the character design of the DJ in the nightclub. I feel like there was something deeper going on with him, but. But I couldn't tell you. I couldn't, I could not tell you. <laughs> I just, yeah. I honestly like, I just want to watch it again, almost, just to kind of dig deeper into it. Um, I guess I don't know. We it never, was, we also, hard. we never see like a, a totally physical representation of the of the wire either. It's always like either just like a black void type thing, or you're like, is it the wired? Are we in real life? Like, what yeah, is this room? <laughs> it's not like Lane. Like, I, I was sort of waiting for the moment where like Lane puts on like a headset and then like we right. kind of shoot into like the virtual world, but it's all sort of. It's all just kind of implied. I think the closest we get is when there are certain scenes where, like, a character says something, but it's it's just, like, writ- it's like written in, I'm assuming, you know, Japanese kanji, and it's over, like, a weird kind of, like, ethereal screen of, like, a weird kind of rainbow color. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of the closest it gets to The Wired, which is, like, a very, uh... A very kind of psychedelic scene and like a very kind of uh, non-linear like way of viewing reality is just like words and, and that kind of thing. So it's so it's it's not like you get to go into the Matrix to see Neo, you know, yeah, experiencing stuff. You just sort of have to go based on, you know, what the characters are sort of describing <laughs> of the wired and everything. Yeah, it's not like a mystical fantasy land where like everyone gets to be something different. It's not like Second Life. It's not like like I feel like it's literally it's very direct like in terms of it being like a surrogate for just just the internet yeah we see people like text each other and you know go on check their email and everything but even that feels it feels like they're intentionally like not showing you the entire thing which is kind of nice yeah it's like a sensory internet like occasionally you get little glimpses of of what's happening i went against my uh, my coda and i started to watch a video that was like serial experiments lane explained and it was like (laughs) It started with like some fucking some some narrator. He was like, "Lane is supposedly a normal sixteen year old girl." Okay, <laughs> if you want to believe that, we'll go with that. Uh, it was just like the most like annoying fucking. Voice I think ever. I watched the same one, and and she he's like, and she's with her family. <laughs> I had to stop watching just because the guy was so irritating sounding. Yeah, please tell us if we ever sound irritating. I mean, I, I assume I do. I mean, but that was. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I feel like. I don't know. It just seems like... If we were to sound like we're putting on a, a show. Yeah, I mean, I... A song and dance. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure that there's plenty of other, like, quote-unquote, like, weird anime. But I can kind of see, like, this being, like, the last one in a lot of senses. Just because there's... How do you market the show? Right. How do you make like figures out of the show? Like yeah. how do you how do you apply appeal to like the big like anime fan? I'm sure people really like Lane. Are there like Lane figures? Maybe. Cuz that's like that's even more of kind of I mean even she, yeah, she, there there's no like sexuality or romance in the show which like thank god. Even Galleon's <laughs> uh like self-parody slash like uh inner critique of like mecha anime is still like the characters still looked like cool mecha anime characters, and so, like, yeah, like, there's plenty of t-shirts and figures to go around or whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, I, there's no fucking, there's nothing marketable about this show, you know what I mean? So, like, I can, I can see, like, the, the fucking anime explainer on YouTube <laughs> just reading the Wikipedia page and, like, not really, not really, you know... Digging deeper. All right, I have some questions. Did this? So, did this come out before or after Neon Genesis? After. So this came out after. Did the merch for Neon Genesis come out at the same time as Neon Genesis came out, or was that like way after the fact? I don't. I, I'm. I'm not sure. Like what the timeline of like. I'm. I'm assuming there was just because like I've. I've gone on eBay and I've seen like vintage like even Galleon merch once in a while, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I'm assuming it. It isn't like the the merchandising powerhouse it is like today. I just feel like maybe Neon Genesis became like a cult classic, and like 
that's when maybe the merch picked up, whereas, like, this I feel like is more of, like, um, what's, like, the same as cult classic, except <laughs> very niche and... Like, Doom Generation? Like, what what they... Yeah, like, yeah, like, Doom Generation or something. Like, like nobody's making merch for this stuff because... Or, like, Nowhere and, like, the Gregoraki movies. Like, there's not merch for the Nowhere stuff, is there? Not right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of like... I mean, there's, like, there's like the there's like the occasional, like, collaboration, like... You're you know, saying Uniqlo someone... didn't pick it up? <laughs> I guess, like, I could wear, like, a like a Lane shirt or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could see that, but, like, I can't really see, like, uh, you know, anything beyond that. I think it's really funny that Virtual Self took the typeface. Yeah, yeah. And used it on, on some of his uh, design. It's cool. Yeah, no, I mean it's like the it's like the perfect vibe for like a late nineties uh <laughs> Did it feel dated to you? That typewriter font. Uh no, but I felt like it was kind of pulling from stuff that we've watched recently. Like I felt like a lot of the animation style, like when she's like walking down the street and it's very like minimalist, like a lot of that reminded me of like when Shinji's like chilling in the hospital and yeah. it's like the light is like blur like making everything just white. Or something like that. Yeah, I and, mean... And the the room that she's in with, like, all the computer parts was very ghost in the shell. This feels like it... This felt like a very post-Evangelion anime. Yeah. Like, I, I think the I think the ideas are mostly pretty unique. I mean, I, I think they both share, like, the idea of, like, a singularity just in different, like, contexts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think even... I mean, they're both, like, very, like, singularity in, like, a very spiritual sense, but I feel like this is just so kind of pointed at the internet, whereas I think even Galleon was a little different, you know. But I think it's, you know, I, I'm assuming the creator sort of uh, probably had these ideas and was, like, awakened by, you know, everything that was kind of happening that led them to want to make it. Yeah. I'm also, like, I, I want to dig into sort of uh, what, like, the anime industry was like because, you know, we watched this on the Funimation streaming service, and the English version is uh, distributed by Universal. Right. Which is fucking weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Universal picked up this anime to, dis- like, this weird-ass anime. You know what I mean? Like, this anime that has pretty much no marketability. I'm assuming because they thought it could be, like, a big success like Akira or Ghost in the Shell were at the time. But Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. You know, I if I were to just guess based on context clues, maybe a bunch of different anime, like, a bunch of different American studios were, like, buying out anime properties to, like, maybe... In the same way that, like, Fox bought X-Men and Sony bought Spider-Man and... Maybe they just cetera, bought, like a, like, a clump of things. They just bought, like, a chunk. And then they're just distributing it. Yeah. I, I have been thinking, like, I think anime is one of the more successful genres for uh, cyberpunk and, oh, yeah. like, dystopia. Um, because I was thinking about, like, maybe, like, Blade Runner, and that's it. Like, I can't really think of anything else that has done maybe Brazil or something like that. Like Yeah, I would say, like... Well, like, I mean, cyberpunk is, like, such a, it's kind of, like, a malleable idea or whatever. I mean, I think, like, I mean, The Matrix is cyberpunk. Yeah, but it's all, like, it's all, it's not very subtle, I guess, these, like, movies about dystopian. It's harder, uh, it's harder to kind of incorporate some of it. I feel like The Matrix is pretty, I think The Matrix, there's still, like, a lot to unpack beyond just, like, kind of, like, the high school shit, like, you know, the, the cave and everything. Like, you know, I think, I mean, given, like, the Wachowskis sort of lives later on, like, there's a lot in that in, in the first movie about gender and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Vir- I, I, I got the sense they really wanted to explore the virtual world in a bigger sense, but maybe didn't have the room to. But, yeah, I mean, cyberpunk, it's like... Yeah, but The Matrix is like, it's like an action movie. Right, yeah, I mean... First. But, and whereas, like, this was, like, in Ghost in the Shell and, and shit like that. This is just, like, let's let's take a ride through <laughs> through thought experiments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then even, like, the Ghost in the Shell, like, American version, which I didn't I didn't hate as much as the world did. Um, but even that was mostly, like, an... I feel like, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll get into, like, a Ghost in the Shell episode. But I feel like the Ghost in the Shell American movie was sort of the ideas of the original Ghost in the Shell, but for a Western audience. Yeah. And for, like, an American audience. And they like, put it in the, the Western blender. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, I, I feel like I feel like that's the way you kind of got to fucking do an adaptation. It's just, you know, like, we're going to make this in America. So one of the brights, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that movie also, like, went out of its, what, like, 
you know, they knew that they were going to catch a lot of shit for casting Scarlett Johansson in the lead. So the rest of the cast was like, I think she's like the only white person in that movie. It, it, it goes back to the subs and dubs argument, too. It's like, yeah. what happens when you change something for an audience? That What happens if you reinterpret a story for a different group of people? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I forget how I got... I think st- America's dumb, okay? Like, let's just get that out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, they had, they had to dumb it down for an American... But yeah, I, I think... Uh, I think the cyberpunk genre in film is very lacking because it's like best movies are what Blade Runner and Matrix and then like Johnny Mnemonic. Right. <laughs> that like that's cyberpunk, but that's like dog shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun, but it's dog shit. But it's got to be fun and it's got to have action and it's got to. Is that the one with the dolphin? Yeah. <laughs> like that movie's fucking horrible. And it's like, uh, so it's like that, I guess. That's I guess what I'm could, saying, man. You could say Scanner Darkly is cyberpunk, but even that isn't. That's more niche. That's more niche, and that's... I mean, that's sort of... That's probably the closest to, like, an anime cyberpunk you can get is, is, is like, very... It's just kind of exploring around and stuff like that. I mean, there's that show on Netflix, Altered Carbon, which I think... Like, they get the aesthetics right and everything, but the, the show itself is, like, really kind of hard to follow and, and sort of horrible. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's funny how, like, cyberpunk is such a... It's such, like, a big thing, yet it's so kind of, like... I, I, I just think it becomes like cartoony and and nerdy in America, whereas like all of the anime we've watched about it have been really like thought provoking and philosoph- philosophical, like actually deep. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think they think about these ideas in like a very big way, the same way that like like a William Gibson did with Neuromancer and, and that kind of thing, like yeah. how these things were emerging and how they you know they sort of interpreted it. I mean. Dude, does the American audience just like not want deep things? Like, is that is that just? I mean, they like the aesthetic of it. and They like the the flash of like Tron, Tron cyberpunk. Mm. Like, I mean, I mean, like, like the American con- concept in cinema of cyberpunk is just like glowing Japanese letters. <laughs> like that's what it is. It's like neon kanji. Yeah. Like that's cyberpunk. Like a, a cityscape that's no, raining. What cyberpunk is like everyone is like kind of a cyborg. <laughs> uh well, well yeah, I mean it's it's uh We all we by the way, we're all cyborgs. If you have a cell phone, you're a cyborg. No, I mean I mean cyberpunk the the governing philosophy I think of cyberpunk is that technology is only going to exacerbate our class divides. Yeah. So technology is going to make rich people so unimpeachable and so sort of powerful and poor people so worthless, mm-hmm. right? And impossible, that's yeah. Impossibly worthless and, and so far away from the, the upper class that it's it's this incredible divide and that technology is only going to sort of wedge us apart. Mm. But th- I think that's a very, that's, I would say, probably, like, the, uh, I mean, I think cyberpunk is maybe bigger than that, but I think that's sort of, like, the governing idea and when it comes to, like, Gibson and, and uh... <laughs> yeah, like, watch Brazil, watch yeah, or, Blade or, Runner. or Phil K. Dick or, or any of that stuff. It's literally built out of, like, yeah. people not even being able to see the sun because I, they can't... <laughs> I mean, it's always, like, you know, these sweeping cities and it's, like, you, you know, sometimes you see who's living at the top, but really you're you're like you know you see like a sweeping city and it's like well who's living at the bottom yeah even like even like star wars like with curson like with in clone wars it's like well the senate tower is cool and stuff but it's like i want to fucking see who's living who's living at like the sub levels and stuff yeah do you think that's why they made the mandalorian series oh 100 percent. no i think i think the mandal i think mandalorian is uh is all of that but i mean just to to wrap things up i mean it's it's uh yeah the show is very kind of dreamy and very heady and very uh very cyberpunk, I think, in a in a, in a non in in maybe not in the not in the way I described of like uh, the core tenets of cyberpunk. Like I, I think it's cyberpunk and in, in its aesthetics and desire to kind of explore like what the greater ramifications of technology are. Yeah, I think it's a great story. I think it's a hard story to follow, uh, and I think it's worth it. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think you kind of just got to experience it and not bitch about it. Yeah, I don't know how many people are looking for some hard media out there, but... Try and put your phone down. Yeah, it's definitely put like... Put your phone in your drawer or this something. Is, this is not... <laughs> this is like very opposite of Kill a Kill. <laughs> Oh yeah, if if Kill a Kill was uh was cocaine, this is like a this is like a benzo or something. This is, this like, is like benzos. 
This is uh, like a, this is like a painkiller, and you're just sort of like this is like being in a coma. <laughs> yeah, and all the dreams you have while in the coma. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the opposite drug of whatever the hell Kill a Kill is. Yeah, so I mean, then, so watching them back to back was very insane. It's it's definitely hard. Um, oh, I have I have a I have one final question before we like wrap things up for real. Do you welcome the singularity? I don't know. Do I welcome it? Um, no. <laughs> Your your anti singularity. I think I f- I do feel like the more that technology continues on and gets more complex, the the more we don't have to understand it. Like you, you've heard of a thing called black box theory. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> you have. I don't think I have. Oh really? It's it's kind of the idea that like you don't have to understand how something works to use it. That's okay. like that's like a very boiled down thing. Like I don't know. Like I couldn't build my camera. Like my digital camera. It's a black box. Like I don't. I'm the the inside is mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or like you know like I couldn't explain to you how the internet works. But, but you use it every day. I use it all the time. Yeah. Like I can click this button and I know what happens, but I couldn't tell you like if if I had to take it apart and put it back together i couldn't do it and i feel like everyone should go watch the Werner herzog documentary lo and behold <laughs> i feel like they kind of get into this that like you, there's a point where like there's going to be a generation that doesn't know the world bef- like we are the last generation to know the world before the internet <laughs> to really remember it <laughs> right but i mean even i think i was on a computer by age three. Oh, really yeah but it was like it was like the early dawn of the internet <laughs> well we've seen i think we've seen computers evolve we're the last people it's very fast <laughs> yeah i mean i think i'm sure like a three-year-old now is going to view like a macbook as primitive when they're 20 yeah which is Fuck, like, I don't really want to think about it. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but, but like, there is, like, generations that, that grow up using, like, iPads and, like... Right. You know, I mean, my parents had a... They had a... I think they had, like, a Lisa... Saying, like, Alexa, turn the lights on. Like, you know, like, these things are happening very fast. Even yeah. though it doesn't feel like it. They especially like, now. They had, like, one of the, the Macintosh, like, all-in-one, like, screen computers back in the day. Right. So, like, I remember playing on that. And then I remember when my, my dad got, like, a, com- a computer with uh, MS-DOS and then Windows, like, mm. the first version of it. I don't I don't know if I welcome the singularity. I uh, I sort of do, in some sense. Like, uh... I, I, I guess the, the documentary sort of, at the end, it says, like, if, if, like, there was a massive solar flare or something and every, all our electronics, like, especially our computers and the internet like shut down we would die (laughs) yeah like i think that's bad (laughs) right because there's so many like invisible things happening that like get food to different areas of the world and yeah no we're we're completely relying (laughs) on the the computer now i mean i don't know i i think uh i don't think i'm necessarily afraid of death or anything like that i am sort of maybe not soaked at the idea of like an oblivion or like a complete emptiness i'm sort of I, I don't I don't think I necessarily believe in that. And I sort of wonder if that's what when I think of like the singularity and like what that could mean in the sense of all of our consciousness melding, like does it become sort of like what is that what even form would that take? Like would you be aware of it? Like would you would you be unaware of it? Would you just sort of exist within it? Yeah. I don't think we would need bodies. <laughs> we certainly wouldn't need bodies, but like I, I just Has science gone too far? I mean smarter much smarter people than I have like thought about this in the sense of like what form like we would take in the set like in the state of the universe and everything and, and that like I, I'm just sort of I don't know I don't know I think it's the same problem as like why don't it's like oh we should be like trying to get on to Mars like let's like let's like be the first species in the in our solar system to like inhabit another planet Whereas, like, we are, like, literally destroying the planet we're on. I feel like, in my head, it's like, I, I can see the singularity happening before us living on Mars happening. Yeah, but I, but you know what I'm saying, like, it's yeah, like, no. why aren't we focusing on the issue of, like, <laughs> things that are pressing, you know, rather than, like, dreaming of a future... Just, just eliminate like, all, uh... Civilization elsewhere. Like, yeah. It's, it's like... Putting your, you're more like putting our energy in the wrong places. Yeah, welcome to our podcast about anime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, yeah. Shit gets deep. Why do you think people like Serial Experiments Lane 
that's going to make you talk about all this shit. <laughs> it's, um, you know what? You always ask me, why do you think people like <laughs> serial experiments? You like, never ask me. I know, I, I never do, but I'm asking you. I just, did you like it? Yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. I think people like it just because there's, uh, you really can sort of, I think, put into it whatever you want and, and get a, uh, and get something maybe real out of that. I mean, the, the show really looks good, and it, I think it asks a lot of big questions, and I think people like it because it, it's going to make them think one way or the other. Like, I think it's hard to it's hard to be a, a non-active viewer while watching it, you know, mm-hmm. unless unless everything really goes over your head. And it's I feel like it's the same. It's it's my same thing behind even Galleon, where it's like this is totally not for dwellers of surface reality. Like, <laughs> I think if you, yeah, I. If you're totally incapable of, of thinking beyond yourself and and really putting effort into thinking about... Like, if you have no ability to sort of think about a reality outside of the physical and, and that kind of thing, I think you're going to hate the show. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think the show manages to sort of bring up sort of multiple generations of, of, like, a, of like a singularity theory or like of a theory of afterlife and paradise and this kind of thing in biblical terms and also in the terms of like you know i mean all those early internet guys were also like super like lsd dude like super in lsd and shit yeah those things were like those things were all interconnected so it's like i mean the the idea of like hypertext where like words are connecting to a, a a page or a different idea like, that was truly profound, you know what I mean? And, yeah. like, that was truly a... Like... Seriously, check out Ted Nelson's YouTube. Dude's, like, in his 80s. Still going. And he's still... He's still going. Still he's thinking. gonna he's gonna leave a legacy for himself one way or another. <laughs> it's like uh it's like Brian Oblivion from uh Videodrome. Like it's... the guy on the television. Yeah, it's a lot, but Yeah. Um That character had to be modeled after these these types of folks. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think people like the show because it's it's everything and nothing at the same time. I think people like it because it's different. Um, I don't think this show is for everybody. <laughs> I, I should make like a like the, the evolution of man, but like <laughs> instead it's the like surf, surface dwellers to neon genesis. We should, or I think I think we should we should make like a we should make like a t- like a line of like surface reality versus. Uh, <laughs> alter reality yeah and like put every anime on that line to to lane <laughs> yeah like yeah so just pure enlightenment <laughs> pure enlightenment versus just pure uh schlocky pure schlock and uh, pure uh like vapidness vapid enjoyment maybe we should watch a pure vapid enjoyment one next i haven't decided what we're gonna watch next yeah maybe one piece maybe one piece as it floats by or uh, i don't know i'm just <laughs> oh yeah since we're doing it in the living room we just left the tv on and netflix has just been recommending every the business anime of drugs every anime that Worked it has on, on the program friend of the pod tiffany doe oh shout out tiffany she has a credit in that nice yeah she was uh the main drug tester nice yeah. <laughs> anyway um i think about does it for this week I don't know. We got an email from my brother, but um, I don't most, know if he asked a question. He was I, mostly just saying what's up and that he's been enjoying the show. Yeah, and um, he recommended... So he was like, oh, are you going to tackle really big animes like Doraemon? Which, like, obviously, like... My answer is no. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he, no, he, he suggested that we watch maybe just the the popular episodes. Yeah, no, the I, famous I'd like episodes. to do... I, I would like to do a Doraemon episode. Because there's, like, 1,700 episodes of Doraemon, and, and I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't... I, the podcast will end if we try to watch all 1700 episodes there's a podcast that watched uh it's like one of those fucking like adam sandler happy madison productions like like boys trip or something and they they watch the movie every like once a week (laughs) the podcast is just about the movie like watching it every week no yeah um but yeah no that does it for this week uh yeah please send us your questions to why do people like anime at gmail.com yeah and what what are we thinking discord instagram what like let us know what a website what what should i prioritize here youtube youtube yeah i want to make a youtube but i'm also like a little afraid of like people just shitting on us Please don't shit on us. Please, please be nice to us. We're we're just we're 
We're just trying to work it all out. You know, we don't have the answers. Listen, we're just chilling at home. We're not experts. We're just... Watching a lot of anime. We're just two people just experiencing the world and talking about those experiences. Yeah, and we would love to know other people's opinions on stuff. So if we say something you disagree Incorrect. with... Incorrect. Like, or... we're, we are totally cool to... To, to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're, we're not the kind of people that uh, are, you know... I don't have to be right about everything. Yes, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be Mr. Expert. I don't want to know everything. Are you listening, Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> and with that... Don't cancel me. <laughs> and with that, uh, yeah, send us an email at why, uh, why do at gmail.com. Follow Julie on Instagram at... We turn our air conditioner off for these episodes. We're burning up. And we're hot. Where can, where can people follow you? Uh, at Julia T. Dunham. And you can follow John. At John X Hill, where, you know, a lot of people reached out to me last week. Uh, verified users on Twitter were unable to send tweets for three hours. And I was... As a verified member of the community, I was one of those people. So I appreciate all the uh, the tech all, support, all the, all the texts, all the people uh, sending their support and well wow. wishes when I was unable to tweet. Wow, means all a right. lot. You know, it's a very tough. We appreciate for me, you but, listening. You know, uh, stay I'll, safe out there. Working and, through it. We're working. You know, take care of each other. Follow me on Instagram at John Hill too. All right, see you later. Bye.